Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Walking around America, as you know, the series is I do it when God directs me to do it, and it depends on what's going on. Sometimes it's just an update on specific, you know, time frames of what I'm doing and what God's having me do and things like that, and and sometimes it's what I see with the brethren. And there's been so much uh, nonsense this past um, week with the brethren and the stuff that they're doing um, that God said, you need to do this episode of Walking Around America. Now, the the first thing I'm going to uh, talk about is uh, is the 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 sad news, and I I laugh because it's sad, but it's funny, stupid, stupid funny, of the way Satan uses um, and confuses and deceives workers of the kingdom. You see, he doesn't want us to be workers of the kingdom. And if you're a worker of the kingdom doing the works of God, which, you know, in this case, it's talking about someone that God has called to do Bible studies and things through YouTube and through Facebook and stuff like that. And you see, the problem is that, you know, that he knows what the Bible says and he's teaching the Bible, or was, until recently. And um, I was told by a fellow Christian about what was going on and, and the nonsense that he's now got himself involved in. And what I'm talking about is there's this big movement with people that believers that the earth is actually flat. <laughs> the earth is actually flat. And um and the thing is this that we know as believers that the world is not flat. So I had a friend of mine, fellow Christian lady I know she told me about what was going on with this guy. And so I, you know, I asked her for the YouTube channel and so I could watch what in the world is um what in the world is going on with this guy. And um the reason why I'm bringing this guy up is because amazingly I have three completely different groups of Christian 
believers that I'm friends with, they are not connected in any way. They don't live in the same area. They're completely different um, types of Christians and with different um, people that they associate with. And I have found that they are all friends with this guy and have been listening to this guy. And so uh, that's my number one thing is that, you know, this is big. This is big on Facebook. It must be to have three totally separate Christian people that I know that are his friends who had nothing to do with each other completely, void of um, connection with each other. So I said, send me the YouTube link so that I can see what he's talking about because I just couldn't figure out, you know, how you could say that the earth was flat. And his YouTube link um, talked about um, the water and that it's impossible. And they went into this scientific nonsense about, you know, the oceans and if the world was round, um, like we all believe it is, um, that the uh, that the water um, couldn't be the way it is. It would um, roll off of the earth. And, uh, you know, so that was one thing, which is ridiculous. But anyway, that's what they're thinking is. So then, then what they did was they, they did um, uh, these kind of tests to see if the horizon bends or if it stays the same, it curves, or if it stays straight and flat when you get farther and farther away from it. And according to them, it stayed flat according to what they were doing. So because of that and because that they don't trust the government, which is all of the background of this, is that you can't trust the government. The government lies. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's what their thing is. And so the government's lying. It's a flat earth. And so they have all of this data that they believe that proves that the earth is flat. <laughs> and And so I had listened to a lot of the video, but then I was like, no, the earth is not flat. And just because they can't prove it, see it, uh, that it's curved, doesn't mean that it isn't curved because God is in control, all right? It's pretty simple because things don't work out the way that they want them to work out because everything's not what it's supposed to be at the same levels and stuff. Just because they don't understand it doesn't mean that it's flat. <laughs> so so I said to God, I says, um, you know, he knows I was searching for an answer because I knew that it was round. I have no doubt that it's round. And you know what he said to me? <laughs> you see, God connects to us if we really want to know the truth. And what God said to me was the moon. <laughs> and I said of course, 
the moon. Because the other thing that they had said was, because I know I've flown in many planes, and when you go up in the plane, you see the curvature of the earth when you're high up in a plane. And they say that that is your eyes playing tricks on you. Yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> so, so anyway, so God said the moon. And when the earth is blocking the sun or part of the sun, uh, part of, um, you know, the sun from the moon at night, what shape is the earth? Is it a flat line or is it a globe? That is, um, part of the moon is dark and part of the moon is light because the earth is blocking the sun rays from reaching the moon. <laughs> so, you know, this is like instantaneous. Uh, give me a break. It's a globe. It's round. It's pretty simple. Not a big deal. But the sad news is, that many, including my friend that told me about this, was being led astray by this nonsense stuff that this good servant of God that used to teach good stuff was teaching them and telling them, you see. And, and that is a problem, you see. How can... These people that work for God, who teach truth sometimes, but then other times they don't, how can they get people to follow them, to believe them, to accept what they're saying? You see, when Satan comes on earth and his system is here and the Antichrist is here and the super angels, supernatural angels are here and the People that are in hell are here, living on earth with us. It's going to be, you're not going to be able to talk to a friend. You're not a fellow believer. And you're not going to be able to discuss what people are saying and what they're showing. Because, you see, Satan's going to be bringing a new uh, book, a new philosophy, a new religion that isn't going to encompass the whole world, you see. And you can't expose yourself to not believing what he's going to have taught. But you're not going to believe it, obviously, because you know the truth. You have the armor of God on, which tells you who the Messiah is, what he's done, that you trust God, that God will take care of you, that you know what the truth is, that you know who's coming first, that you are prepared for whatever they throw at you so that you don't need a friend, fellow Christian, or the Bible that we all know to um, back up your beliefs and the, this is proof of what will happen is that if you can't back up the belief with the Bible, then you're going to be led astray by these people that say these things. If you think that this little moon uh, earth thing is anything, wait, wait, 
until Satan's system is here, then you're going to see a tremendous deceptions. And as it says in the Bible, the deception is going to be so severe and so incredible and so intelligent and so convincing that even the elect who will be on the earth will all be here if we're still alive. And even the elect would be deceived if God didn't shorten the time that he had given to Satan to have his system on earth. That's how convincing how it will be during that time. So this little thing is, is in these things that they come up with, is us to understand that, listen, hey, guess what? If, if you get duped by this, you better strengthen your mind, you better keep your armor on, you better put your armor on, you better understand the truth and talk to God and be continuously talking to God. Because, you see, if you try to prove the person wrong by using earthly things, you're going to fall. All we have to do is go to God. And the Holy Spirit will give you the answer you need. Don't be fooled by the things that are now, the things that will be, and anybody that has access to Rob Skiba, that's his name here on Facebook, um, please warn him, tell him that he's being deceived by the devil and get back to doing the works of the kingdom and not getting involved in this nonsense. Jesus didn't, and so shouldn't he. That's one thing. Then um, this morning, uh, I was um, going through Facebook and the wall and seeing what everybody was, um, was posting on the news feed. And there was a pastor that was posted on the um, news feed about his problem with um, people, churches, telling the people that are coming to the church that they have a dress code, you see. He thinks that God doesn't have a dress code. Well, I'm sorry. It isn't come as you are baloney. No, it isn't. You see, when Jesus was walking on the earth, it wasn't come as you are. None of the people that followed Jesus, that stayed with Jesus, that Jesus associated with, kept doing their sinning and doing what they were doing wrong. No, they all stopped doing it. And then they followed him. A good example of that is there was, there's many things and many times that people 
came up to Jesus and said that they wanted to be a disciple of his or they wanted to follow him or something like that. And Jesus never said, uh, just follow me as you are and, and you'll learn along the way and the Holy Spirit will straighten you out so you'll be a good person ultimately. No, Jesus never said that. What he said was, in all the cases of disciples or people that wanted to be a disciple or follow him, was this is what you have to do. Fix this first. Do this first. Go here first. And then follow me. It's that simple. So don't listen to these pastors that teach this nonsense, come as you are. That's a bunch of baloney. Jesus didn't do it. It's a doctrine of Satan, and it saddens me that this is going on in the churches today. Oh, Satan wants you to come as you are. Of course he does. Because if you come as you are, then guess what happens? You will disrupt, and you will convert and you will change and you will um, make unclean the people that are in the church that really should be in the church. You see, you'll corrupt them with being around them because you're not changed, you're not clean, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Remember God said to Israel, he said, when you make yourself a nation, don't have people around you, living around you, anywhere around you that believe in other gods, that have other gods, that are um, idol worshipers, that are not doing what you're doing. Get rid of them. And the, to God, at that time, it was to kill them, not just send them away, but to kill them. You understand? And Jesus gave us, after he rose back up to heaven, and he came and talked to John, um, you know, the disciple John in the book of Revelation, and told him about um, the churches and the state of the churches 60 years later, roughly, after he had gone back to the Father, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, that he gave John and... Um, a list of what the church was doing. And listen, <laughs> he, was, he was not happy with what they were doing. So one of the things has to do with what we're talking about here. And here it is in Revelation chapter um, 2 and verse 12. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos write, these things saith he which hath a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. So, for those that don't know, Pergamus had um, different gods, different temples of different idols and all over the place. It was idol capital. 
And that's what Pergamus was. And, and so that's, you have a, a group of Christians in idol capital with all of these idols and worshiping things that they did. Now, Jesus is saying, I know you live there in that city that has all these idols around it. And I know that you're Christians, you see. Let's read verse 14. Does he say, invite those idol worshipers into your church so they'll change? Huh. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them in your church group that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast stumbling blocks before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So they've got people that are idol worshipers coming into their church meetings. We don't want them. I've got a few things against you. Jesus doesn't want people that are not a part of the kingdom in the church. It's pretty simple. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. So Jesus doesn't want people in his church, come as you are, the Holy Spirit will change you. No, sorry, not. Okay? You've got to change first, meaning get rid of that garbage that you're doing, believe in Jesus, and then come to church and be around the others. So 16, what does Jesus say? What does he say to the church that allows people to come into their church, come as you are, repent, meaning stop allowing it. And what's going to happen if they don't stop allowing it? What if they continue to say, come as you are into my church? When Jesus returns, this is what he's going to do. Or else, I will come unto thee quickly. That's right, when Jesus returns. And I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So, you understand what Jesus is saying there? He's saying that you will be kicked out of the kingdom of heaven when he returns. You'll be put on the side with the goats. So it isn't come as you are. Sorry. Now, there is a dress code, okay? There is a dress code in the Bible. And there is no verse in the Bible that says come as you are. But there is a dress code. And that's the problem. It's not really the guys that are the problem with the dress code, you know. The dress code has to do with women and showing themselves off and not dressing modestly. Look, First Timothy 2.9. In like manner also, the women adorn themselves in modest apparel. You understand? Don't come as you are. you got a certain dress code. Sorry. With shamefacedness and sobriety. Obviously, you're not coming to church drunk. You're not coming to church as you are. You're not coming to church thinking you're something you're not. Not with broided hair or gold or pearl or costly arrays. So 
what else? So not only is there like, um, you know, uh, being modest, and nowadays they they show their cleavage, and they have their dresses up to their butt. So then when they walk up the steps, you can see up their dress. I mean, it's pretty disgusting, um, modestly, <laughs> the morals that they have. But not only that, um, you're not supposed to go to church made up, meaning putting on a show, putting on a bunch of makeup, making your hair real pretty, or wearing all kinds of jewelry, or making yourself look good. No. You see, that's not what church is about. But today, you look at the women that go to the churches, and you've got the women that are all dressing up, and they're all dressing up. Why? Because they're trying to attract a man. That's why a woman dresses up. You don't go to church to attract a man. You go to church to do the works of the kingdom. You go to church to learn what God wants you to do, to help the brethren. It has nothing to do with catching a man, okay? And so that's what they're doing. So it's an abomination to God for you to do that. That's not what you go to church for. And what does the next verse say? And how is a woman supposed to be um, doing things in the church? But which becometh women professing godliness with good works? Doing the works in the church. Like I just said, it has nothing to do with trying to attract a man or any of that stuff. Now, the next verse, I want to go over it because the Holy Spirit is leading me to so that we understand what's going on here. Let the woman, okay, learn in silence with all subjection. You see, up here, um, you've got women in general. This is women in general that Paul is talking about in the prior verses. But this verse is singular, and it's woman, a specific type of woman. What specific type is that? A wife. So the ones up here are women in general. The one that here in Second um, in First Timothy two eleven, it's a wife. So if you're married, okay, let the woman, married woman, learn in silence. Uh, which means uh, desistance from bustling or language, meaning stop talking in church, stop gossiping, stop chattering with each other in church. That's what Paul's talking about. And with all subjection. And subjection to who? To their husband. Because their husband is in charge of them spiritually. Whether you like it or not, women, you're not in charge of your husband spiritually. He's in charge of you. Unless, of course, he is not a believer. So, this part here, verse 11, is not talking about all women. 
it's talking about wives in particular that go around gossiping and, and uh, talking to each other and all of that stuff. So there is um, verses in the Bible that say you have a certain way to dress and a certain way to, uh, you know, to present yourselves, okay? And guess what? There is no place and quite the opposite of come-as-you-are garbage that they teach in churches today. So, that's garbage. And I hate to see that stuff going on in the churches today, but you see it all over the place. Come-as-you-are, and the reason why come-as-you-are is because they want the money, okay? And if you've got people... Come as you are, you'll come into the church, you'll, and you'll not tell them what's wrong about them. They're going to put money in your basket because they're going to want to hear the nonsense that you're teaching, which isn't true, of course. And it's grace, this nonsense grace garbage that is a doctrine of Satan. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about, and it saddens me, is that when a fellow believer falls off the path, you are to admonish them, okay, as a brother. Admonish them. But you're also told to stay away from them until they change, okay? Yes, Paul told us that, well, there's many places this stuff is talked about. But um, I want to go to 1 Corinthians 5, 1, and I only use this example because this is showing you what Paul says about the brethren that have fallen off the path or are acting inappropriately as Christians. Because I have a brethren that has done that. Rob, which I've been working with for years now. And unfortunately, he is not doing the works of the kingdom and keeps coming up with his excuses for the works that he's not doing and this is the problem, and that's the problem, and all this nonsense. And now he's posting on Facebook vulgar things and swearing at those that are brethren that try to correct him and tell him that's not giving glory to God. Why would you post that as a Christian? You see, you understand? So he's gone. Okay, he's gone off the path. He's going to go do his human stuff, and that's fine. Let him go do his human stuff until he repents. Don't have anything to do with him. So let's go and see the example that Paul gave us um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And obviously, you know, there's adultery going on there. 
And Paul says, and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned. You should be sad. And that's what I told Rob. I said, I am sad at what I see you doing as a Christian. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be sad and and be mourning that they would act the way that they're doing. But Paul's saying that's what you should be doing is mourning, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. Okay? You don't come as you are. You don't do what you want. You don't act like a heathen and stay with the group. Sorry, get rid of the person and tell them and tell them that listen, you're still a, you know, a brethren, but well, while you're acting like this, you're not allowed to be in this group. So, go go spend time with God, get yourself straight, stop doing what you're doing. And then come back to the group and we'll accept you back. Sure we will. Not a problem at all. Now, I want us to go to verse 4. This is Paul letting us know what to do. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such as one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, Don't let them in your church. Don't try to get them to change and keep them in your church. No. Send them out and don't let them come back until they've changed. And if they don't, well, that's it. They'll be put on the side with the goats. And that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying the destruction of the flesh. That means that they will be rejected by Jesus Christ when he returns and gathers his people, the sheep, and the goats, the sheep on one side, the goats on the other, and they, these people that are acting like this, will be, will be put on the side with the goats, the destruction of the flesh. Now, what does Paul say? Does he say that he's lost, he's got no hope? No, no. This great next part of this verse says that the Spirit, yes, because when Jesus returns, we're no longer in the flesh, we're going to be in our spiritual bodies, our uncorruptible bodies may be saved. You may bring the person back into the kingdom of heaven in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ during the thousand years. So if they've gone off the path, if they have, um, they're doing things that are not appropriate for Christians to do, don't keep them in your churches, your groups, or associate with them kick them out, don't have anything to do with them, and during the thousand years, you will have access to them again, because you were brethren, because you knew each other, okay? And so, yes, during the thousand years, you'll be able to talk to them again. So, just so you know, and it goes on here, Corinthians, but understand Don't keep those types of people in your churches, in your association. Tell them why you're doing it. Tell them what you're doing and tell them what they have to do to get back with you. And as far as Rob, it's very simple. He has to post on his Facebook wall that those pictures were 
unbecoming of a Christian, and he should not have posted them. They did not give glory to God, and he was wrong, and he is not going to do that anymore, and he's going to now walk on the path and act at what gives glory to God. It's that simple. That's all he has to do. And that's the walking around America up to this point for these things that God has brought to my attention this week, these days, recently. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.